Hi, I'm Matt Howie. Welcome to Hobby Horse. Today with us is Amber uh, Castaldo, right? Yes. <laughs> I've never said your last name out loud. So, uh, Amber, you run, um, what was it, Land Gallery and um, uh, Biolympia.com too? So. Yeah. Um, yes, I run Land Gallery um, in Portland with uh, Aaron Toller and my husband, Pacistaldo, and we have Biolympia as well. And, and um, people would know Land Gallery as a really cool place in Portland to buy stuff, but I think you guys are famously in a few Portlandia episodes and... I've heard the 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 most famous, well, second most famous. I think the most famous is their intro, the the dream of the '90s like music video. But the second most famous thing, and the most famous catchphrase, is uh, what "put a bird on it." And that was was that actually in Land Gallery when they filmed it? It was. It was in the retail portion of the store. <laughs> so yeah, like the I think the first time I went in, it looked somewhat familiar, and yeah, yeah, it fits. Um, uh, how did you guys feel about doing that? <laughs> It was fun. Um, Pat, my husband, Pat, he has known Carrie for a long time. So when she like reached out and said that they were going to um, start this new uh, TV series and wanted to know if she could borrow our space, we were like, sure, why not? <laughs> was that in like the first couple episodes? Yeah, I think it was the second episode. And they're slightly, they're slightly mocking. <laughs> I mean, are they kind of mocking land or... Oh, they totally are. We have we have so many bird items. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Right. How much how much doctoring did they have to do to the set versus what was there already? Um, they did actually bring in um, stuff like the in the episode the bird like um, explodes through the store and breaks a bunch of stuff. So that was all their own. <laughs> they di- they didn't break our stuff. Oh, um, that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and they put it like a curtain up. Um, but it, you know, for the most part, it was our stuff. It was pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then like they filmed in the warehouse all the time, right? Yeah. They also, um, I can't remember the episode. It was a screen printing episode, um, that they did a couple, I think it was a couple times. Um, and they used like our desks and they did, um, screen printing. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Oh yeah. It's the, uh, it's like the bike messenger character guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, Hey, is that like Pat's? That's like the that's the back of, I guess I we should explain uh, um, land galleries this thing in this cool hip neighborhood of Mississippi and Portland, um, and it's like a retail space of quirky cool items, and then you've got a art gallery above, right? Where yeah, and it rotates what every month or two you have a different... yeah every three to six weeks. Oh, cool! And is uh, what's the like? Do you guys have like a charter for what kind of art you carry there or anything? Um, well, I mean, it all started with like, um, just a bunch of rad, uh, independent artists from Olympia. So. I was like, cool shit you like is probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. I cool don't know. shit you like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then the back half of it is by Olympia, which yeah. is like online stuff. Like, um, um, what's the famous, uh, that librarian shirt was probably yeah, your... reading is sexy. You may have seen it at Powell's. Was that, uh. <laughs> Gilmore Girls, right? Yep, it was on the Gilmore Girls. So, like, that was a best-selling shirt. And it's like, is it all, um, like, people on the arts community, Pat, sort of known our music community in both? I guess you guys were, Pat was sort of like a record label a long time ago. Is that kind of by Olympia? Yeah, Pat and Aaron, um, they did all kinds of stuff. Pat in Olympia in the 90s, he did all kinds of things. He, like... um, did the Yo-Yo A Go-Go. So he worked a lot with independent uh, 
um, artists and uh, musical artists and designed um, a few covers. And then Aaron worked for uh, K and Kill Rock Stars and did like. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So they were they were really big into the scene. So then like by Olympia is like the online store component when that was still novel. Yeah, it was just so tiny. They, it was like only a few products. It was mostly um, like I am trying to think. Like Nikki McClure uh, is a really rad paper cut artist. Um, she was the very first product that we ever carried. She made a calendar, and we still carry her stuff and feature her every year. <laughs> wow! And then, um, what time? When did Bi Olympia start? Like late nineties? Yeah, and I, uh, I think the official. Uh, incorporation date was uh july 4th 1999 wow and then like pat also developed i mean so he's sort of like pre-etsy you know and you guys were like a storefront yeah yeah. way before yeah so it's like i feel like you guys had all the cool pacific northwest artists because that was like the only option to sell online you know it was an easy option to yeah use by olympia and then um i think it's cool that pat did the um you know, I found this out later. Like I had shipped 500 shirts in the past and I'd use this like Indicia software and it was so rad on my Mac and it had like a weight scale attached to it and like a laser printer. And it was awesome. I didn't know Pat had like made that app while yeah. he was like building a Olympia and like, that's so rad. Yeah. Pat and Pat and Aaron, they did that. And uh, I believe in 2003, maybe, I mean, I'm not hundred percent sure, but they got, they also got like a design award for it at WWDC. That's amazing. And they first like, and it, originally the original software was called like Swordfish. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's, that makes no sense. Um, so, uh, let me see land, uh, by Olympia, but, uh, I guess, uh, we're not here to talk about that too much today. I want to talk to you about, um, your career and the sport of roller derby. Um, which you did for how long had you been doing it? Yeah, it's uh, uh, roughly eight years is what uh, I I was trying to. I like broke down my derby timeline. I think I um, I think I tried out in like 2009, 2010. Sweet. And um, my only memories of roller derby are like. Uh, growing up in Southern California on Saturday morning, we had watch cartoons when I was a little kid, like early eighties. Um, and maybe after cartoons, there was like this like public access channel and it would play like whatever the one step below WWF wrestling was <laughs> like, I don't know what, it, you know, whatever the cheesy uh, wannabe With version. chairs. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was always like a little rougher. <laughs> it was the wrestlers that would end up in the WWF. E, I guess now, but um, then after it, I think it was like preceding all that like gorgeous ladies of wrestling glow, which is a great uh, Netflix uh, fictional show. But uh, before that, there was there was roller derby on after wrestling, and I think it was positioned as like the women equivalent of wrestling because it was like jokey and um, there was a heel and there was a hero and the ref never saw anything for some reason, always like <laughs> turning his back. But then, like, you know, I just sort of forgot about it. It was just a thing in the early 80s that kind of popped and went nowhere. And then I think it was, like, the mid-2000s. It just sort of hit pop culture again. But it was, like, a real sport. Um, and it seemed to be, like, um, like empowered women that was, like, supportive of women. It wasn't, like, this weird, like, fake pro wrestling thing. Um, and I don't know what happened in the 90s. But, like, 
do you know the history of it? Like, I assume this goes back to the sixties or something when roller skates were just a thing people did, but yeah. Um, it started roller derby, I believe started in like the forties, thirties and forties, um, as like a, a, it was like a race. And then, um, people like in the race they would get, it was like an, um, a really long, like they would race for hours and they would get really tired and they'd start running into each other. Oh, so it was like a dance marathon. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Kind of like, dance. and then people really like responded to people crashing. So <laughs> it was like escalated, um, into this, like, let's make this a thing. Um, and then it kind of fell away. And, um, in two th- early two thousands, like you said, um, it started to kind of make its round again. And original roller derby was, uh, skated on a bank track. Mm-hmm. Um, but the new round of roller derby, people wanted to just play it. Um, so they would draw up, um, a track anywhere. So any flat surface. So that really changed the way the game was going to be played because they were no longer skating on bank tracks, but you could play anywhere. Oh shit. I never thought about it. like a banked, what they were like figure eights before in the old days. Um, yeah, they were just like a giant oval. That's insane. Like, like why would that's like a mini velodrome? Like no one would, yeah, there'd be no venues for it at all. Like, yeah, that's a smart move to go flat. Yeah. So, um, the, it really uh, took off, uh, in Texas. Um, Portland is, um, like one of the larger leagues. Um, I believe we have around 800 skaters. Um, so we're pretty insane. Like it's insane. I don't even know all of the skaters. (laughs) How many teams are there or how many to a team? So there's the, there's two travel teams. Um, it's the, there's like the wheels of justice, the axles of annihilation. (laughs) Um, and they actually skate as one team and then they just kind of, um, rotate between, um, just because we have so many skaters. So they skate as a team of 30. And then during games, you can only have 14 skaters on a team. So they split into two teams. And then how many are like on the oval at one time? Five. Only five? Wow. Only five can be on the so oval. nine backups? <laughs> yeah. Is there any limit on like swapping people, substitutions or anything? Uh, no. So each jam uh, can go as long as two minutes. Um, so it's... There's two periods, two half hour periods, and then each jam can go for up to two minutes. Um, but you can get like 20 plus, uh, jams in a period. So you're just like, like you just, you, you're on the track, you're skating sometimes as little as like 30 seconds and then you're off the track and then they swap it out for another group and you're just like constantly rotating. It's kind of crazy. What makes up a jam? Like, what's the start and beginning and end of a jam? Um, okay, so each each uh, team gets five players on the track. Four are considered blockers and two are jammers. And they are the uh, people who score the points. Um, and essentially, it's a race against them. They're racing each other. And um, they... There's a one whistle, they blow it, and then the two jammers are off racing each other, and they're trying to get through the pack. Um, and then first one out gets to um, get what's called the lead jammer, and they essentially control the jam. So the jam can go for as long as two minutes, but if you have lead jammer, you can call it off as soon as you score some points, um, which is the ideal situation as you get out of the pack um, far enough in advance that you can come back around and score some points and call it off before the other jammer even gets points. 
So do you start at the back of all the blockers? Yeah, you're behind them. You there's like um there's the jam line and then there's two uh then there's the like blocking line. We call it the pivot line. Um and the blockers have to be between the jam line and the pivot line. They can't cross like they can't come back over the jam line until the whistle blows. So they have to stay in this box. So then you do you score like a point for every lap you are in the lead or something? Um, no, you score a point by getting your hips around the opposite player. So you can score up to five points in a jam if the jam other jammer doesn't get out and you get your hips in front of her. You have to lap the other jammer to score her point. But then uh-huh. everyone else, um, you get points as soon as you um, you essentially you have to lap everyone, actually. Uh, and once you're coming back around, you're um, scoring points. And when you say you have to what hip move past what hip past oh, them? Oh, their hips. Yeah, you have to get your hips past their hips. Oh, is that like like the body line of counting like who's ahead of who who else? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you don't have to like actually hip check people, right? Oh, you do hip. Well, check. yeah, but you don't have to. <laughs> you can just do it because it's fun, I guess. Well, yeah. How much physical contact is allowed? Like, what's oh, legal? So much physical contact. Right, people um, are wearing helmets, right? Yeah, we're wearing helmets, uh, elbow pads, knee pads, wrist guards, mouth guards. Um, I actually wear um, like these like uh, butt pads um, to because I'm very bony. Um, originally, I was wearing them to like protect my teammates because uh, they would say that when I would hit them, it was like getting hit with a bag of triangles. <laughs> so I started wearing hip pads to like um, soften the blow on them. Um, but then it's preventing bruises on it, you, too. Oh, man, it's so wonderful. I'm a big jumper. Like, I love to jump. So um, one of my biggest things that I would do almost in every game is I would do what's called an apex jump. And that is, like, once you've come around the track, um, there, you know, it's an oval. So there's, like, these apexes at, um on the track and you can cut essentially you jump from one corner of the track, um, to the other corner and you cut half the track, like a quarter of the track out, um, and you pass everyone. And as long as you're in bounds, when you take the jump and you land in bounds, um, you know, you can score all the points without being hit. <laughs> so like, uh, ovals, like two U-turns with straightaways. So you're jumping right when the turn starts to the end of yeah. the other turn. So you're like skating in a square, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Skipping the whole turn. Dang. What's your percentage of success like? Well, I played since uh, with Rose City, like you also play, they also have home teams. They have four home teams. And so um, you're playing with a lot of the same skaters over and over again for years. So um, they kind of like learn your moves. (laughs) Oh, so they know what to block. They know how to block you. So I would say when I first started doing it, like, uh, I could pretty much get at least two solid, um, jumps a game without, uh, without any contact. But then as people started to learn, like every once in a while, someone would throw a hip out, you know, and catch me. (laughs) Oh, geez. What happens if you don't make it, if you just land in the middle of the turn, if you land in the middle, um, as long as your feet don't go out of bounds, then you can you, it's really sad, actually. You kind of have to crawl <laughs> oh, fully God. out of bounds, and then you get back up and you have to start over again and start at the back of the pack um, because they assume that you were not able to get past anyone. So when you get hit out of bounds, you have to enter in behind whoever hit you out um, so that you don't uh, further your um, progr- your forward movement. So um, 
So if you jump, you're actually taking a pretty big risk because you're trying to pass everyone in one go. Um, so that means that if you don't make it, you have to start behind everyone all over again and start and it, it does kind of stink. (laughs) Is there a lot of judgment of what's legal and what happened? Like, are there like line judges or something or is it? Yeah, there's, uh, generally like seven refs. Each jammer has their own ref. Jesus. Then there's, and they're in the middle of the track and they're just watching everything that's happening to you and everything you're doing. So, um, so if you, if you, if like, if I land, jump from inbounds and then land out of bounds, if I then step inbounds, I would get a track cut and have to go to the box for 30 seconds. Um, and they're watching for that. Some jam refs are like, um, it's, I mean, it's, there's a lot going on. So is there one ref for every person on the, no, no, there's, um, like there's seven total, but seven there's total, 10 yes, people, there's... I guess on the oval. Yeah. Well, it's so close. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, the way it works is they have three people inside, two jam refs, and then one head ref, and they're all inside. The inside ref is monitoring the pack, and the two jam refs are monitoring the jammers. And then there's usually um, three to four outside pack refs um, that are um, skating around the outside, monitoring all the lines, and uh, looking, watching for footwork and um, just like anything that might like big things are elbows. You can, if you hit people with your elbows, you, that's a penalty you can't use and you can't use your hands. Hmm. Uh, so I, um, I thought elbows would be <laughs> like the soul. No, I it's mean, all like you should be using your hips and your thighs really. Um, I guess that's less lethal and uh, yeah. And like I use my um, shoulder a lot. Like when I'm breaking through a pack, like that's, I like, go in sideways with my shoulder and like, um, kind of try and push them out of the way to get my leg between them. Is there bad refing? Like, can you lose because there's just terrible refing? Obviously (laughs) every sport has a bad ref or two every once in a while. Um, yeah, there, there is, I mean, one year, um, I can't remember what year it was, but we were playing the heartless Heathers and this girl, she's very leggy and, um, she was a figure skater. So she had very, um, fluid and like kind of performance movements. (laughs) And, um, she like flipped around and like kicked me in the stomach and like none of the refs saw. And I was like, so one, like, I couldn't believe that I was this, like, I watched the jam after and I was like, oh my God, Amber, get over it. Um, oh, and my my roller derby name is Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll get in that in a second. <laughs> um, and I was like, what like what are you doing? And I um I kept like yelling at the ref, like she kicked me in the stomach. But like he was like, I didn't see it. There was no impact, but there was totally impact when you watch the game over. Like you see, like she kicks me in the stomach and then it like throws me back behind her teammates. So, um, at, and at that point prior to her kicking me in the stomach, I was almost completely out of the pack. So there was definitely impact, but, and that was like very upsetting. <laughs> Did she kick anyone else? How do you get away with kicking? That's so no, nuts. It's like, that's so illegal, but because they didn't see it, they didn't know. But then once the video came out, she ended up, she actually ended up retiring because like, <laughs> She was like, shit. Like, I, I mean, she's a really wonderful person. She did not intentionally kick me in the stomach, mm. but, um, it totally was crazy, but it did its job. <laughs> yeah, it did its job. And, uh, in that moment it was, 
So yeah, what is the deal with the names? They're very punny, right? It's uh -huh. like everyone has to have like an alter ego for the for the for the match, right? Or yeah. are all the do the teams have silly name sillyish names? So I mean, like for Portland, we have the Wheels of Justice, the Axles of Annihilation. We have the High Rollers, the Guns and Rollers, um, the Breakneck <laughs> Baddies, and um, the Heartless Heather's. Nice. That's those are all the adult teams. Um, yeah. So all the teams have fun names and then, um, each skater has a, like a fun name. When I first started, it was like, you earned your name. Like you had to skate for a certain amount of time and then it wasn't self-applied. People would yeah, give it no, to you. No, you earned it. I mean, people did give you names. Like for a long time, they called me Gumby, which I did not <laughs> feel was a very powerful name. So I did not want that to be my roller derby name. I don't know if that's a compliment, I guess. You're rubbery. Yes. Like they could hit me out and I would just like, like collapse like Gumby and then pop right back up. Or you could wiggle through like eight or five people in front of you. Like yeah. Gumby, I guess that's positive. <laughs> Avalanche, that's a pretty rock solid one. Um, yeah. I liked it because it was like... Um, I could, in my mind, it was like, I want to take out everyone in my path. So that's what an avalanche does. <laughs> no survivors. No survivors. <laughs> I always hear like, uh, you know, Ruth, I don't know, Bruiser Ginsburg or something. They're always like um, hilarious sort of pop oh, culture totally. names. Yeah, I, I wanted to do something like... Um, I wanted Rosie Remorseless was the first derby name that I wanted. I thought that'd be real intense. <laughs> and, and city appropriate. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, there was already a Rosie on the team that I was um, that I was drafted to. So um, they were like, nope, you can't be that. <laughs> so you said those are adult teams. Are there like youth teams? Oh, like, yeah. There's what? Skaters as young as seven years old. So it's like uh, kids' soccer leagues, kind of? Totally. They don't get to hit. It's all positional blocking. But um, they can skate starting as young as seven, and they skate up until 18. And then once they turn 18 or graduate from high school, they um, they can transfer into the adult league. So for the kids, it's more like um, racing, like just trying to you know, outskate other people in speed. Yeah. And I mean, they do, they still have their blockers and the blockers are like, they, they are not allowed to hit, but they positionally stop the person from getting in front of them. Like they just like get in front of them and skate back. And it's so cute. And they're awesome. They do. They have rad moves too. There's, there's one girl, um, Slipknot, I believe is her name. And she is a rad, um, she likes to jump too. I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> what if there's like four girls across from you all, you know, what do you do when you're, especially when you're allowed, not allowed to hit, do you just shove, um, do you allowed yeah, to they shove just someone? Like, they do, the, they do a lot of the same moves the adults do. They just like try and wiggle, wiggle their body in between, um, the, the skaters, like they look for the little holes and then they just put whatever little body part they can get in there and squeeze in. <laughs> so what's the like national, I mean, there is like national championships of this stuff, right? So like, totally. is it just city versus city? Is there like pro no, leagues? Totally international. So the wheels of justice in order to be on, so Rose city's travel team is the wheels of justice and the axles of annihilation. And in order to get onto that team, you have to try out. Um, they have like a three day tryout. Um, and it's pretty insane. You're skating with 
skaters from all over. People come to Rose City, they transfer into the league to skate with them because we were for a long time number one. Um, we're often like one or two. Right now, we're second in the world. Jesus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So have you ever traveled internationally for roller derby? Um, I personally didn't. I hurt myself, so I missed, uh, but they went to London not too long ago. And I've played Victoria came, they come to Portland a lot and Montreal. Um, we've played Australia. Um, and I've, they, a lot of them like to come to Portland. So, cause we have a really great venue. That's the other thing is like, it's really hard to find, um, you know, you're like skating in a gym. So having a venue that has space for audiences is really a challenge. Mm -hmm. Is the venue the the Oaks um, Amusement Park? Yeah, for a little while longer. They're getting misplaced, though. They don't have a place yet. Um, well, is that the, the best venue, or is there something better? Yeah, it's an awesome venue. We were playing at the Expo. For all of our big games, we would play at the Expo in, like, 2010 through 2013, I think. And then we moved to um, the Memorial Coliseum. Oh, wow. And we were playing there. Um, and, like, when we play Seattle, we were playing at the Key Arena. What's the, like, economic model? Like, do I mean... Uh, I assume people get paid at the very top level, but no. is it just, are you like splitting the, are you like splitting no. the door proceeds or it's like, does the team keep money or, or no, is it all no. volunteerish? It's all volunteer. So, um, the, if you're lucky, like you get some sponsorships. So a lot of the like top, top skaters, like, um, that are skating for like team USA and stuff, they, they get outside sponsorships, but they usually have a regular job. Um, and the sponsorships usually cover like gear. Um, sometimes they'll cover travel, but it's mostly all out of pocket and you're volunteering. Are the sponsors like skates themselves or something? Yeah. Um, like one year Bont um, skates, which is this rad, uh, comp roller skating company. Um, they do a lot of speed skating and stuff. They, Oh shit. Bont, they make these like carbon boots. You can even get yeah, them for bikes. Like they make, amazing. they make like all the Dutch ice skater pro, like molded to your foot custom, like crazy skates. Right. They make those for roller skates too. Yeah. Wow. And they're awesome. They're my favorite skates. How much does so a pair why. cost? <laughs> um, it depends on, uh, what you do, but uh, just the boot is probably anywhere between three to $500, depending on how you get it made. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That would be, man, that'd be so stiff, like a carbon boot on oh, wheels. It's there. The bond boots are awesome. The ones that I always get are the, the, they're a carbon base. So they're made to form to my foot, but then it's a leather upper. So they're not as stiff. Um, so, uh, like if, it, you know, if a thousand people show up to a Portland thing and I'll pay 10 bucks to the door, who gets the money? So it's split. Like we have to pay for the venue. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And then we have to, we do have like, um, we do have a couple of paid employees that like their job is to like create the bout, like make it happen, like all the work that goes into that. Um, and then we have an insurance manager that we have to pay. So they get, um, <laughs> You know, they have a, they have a huge job because people are getting hurt all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it's like, and then right now we've been, the league has been trying to save up, um, to try and buy a venue right now. We rent our venue. Um, so 
but it goes, it's, it's all over the place. Like the, it goes to getting new merch. It goes to, um, keeping the venue clean. We had to buy a new floor recently. That's like, uh, 50,000 or something dollars. Jesus. Um, cause we skate on a skate court, um, or sport court. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like weird plasticky fiberglass stuff. Yeah. Um, so, but like you can skate on concrete and you can skate on wood and you can, that's just the, the most, um, like easiest, like it's really nice. Cause you can just lay it down anywhere. Like when we were playing at the Memorial Coliseum, we could just lay it down over the ice and it was great. <laughs> is Memorial Coliseum where EXO is going to be or is that? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, I thought it was the yes, same it's place. It's the smaller one. Yeah. Not the Rose Quarter. Right. <laughs> uh so like in a big big national level bout do does i mean all the money goes to the team i guess for all this stuff like do you ever get 40 bucks or something for like a good uh, no. bout? No? <laughs> no oh man so it's all uh, for like, fun when we went to yeah it's really all for fun like when we went to texas um we like they all of the sponsorship and the money like went towards um uh, hotels, like they tried to cover hotels for people. Um, and it covered, um, our air travel. So like they try really hard to like cover as much as possible, but when you're shipping 30 people plus you have to ship some refs and, um, it's like, it's actually pretty insane. Like they do what they can for a while. The coaches paid for themselves, but now I think they're part of the team. Like they, they get stipends. So like your coach was just like, you know, they were coming like all on their own dollar huh. too. Like it's everyone is just like volunteering to be there. Do you think uh roller derby needs like, I don't, do they need like some organize organizing body to like, like what would take, what would it take to be like, I don't know, at least like pro women soccer level. I guess you'd need like TV time. You'd need like a league. You'd yeah. Need... I mean, Rose city, it's pretty close. Like I, I feel like they, they do a really good job of, um, advertising and, um, Rockamine, who is the president of the league. Like she, um, she is amazing. She started the whole league. Um, she's really great at getting sponsorships. Like they, I, I, I'm not even sure who the current travel team sponsors are. So I don't want to like up on anyone's toes but like i mean all through all the years like she's gotten sponsors local sponsors as well as like um, you know big big business sponsors like rydell um wheels sponsored us for a while like they gave everyone on the travel team wheels bonts gave us boots um s1 is a helmet company and they make pads um so they've given us helmets and pads. Um, and then like PBR gives like a stipend or they did. I'm not, I'm not actually sure if they're still a sponsor or not. Um, two town cider has been a sponsor. Um, yeah. And they like it, you can vary your level. Like it's usually like cash plus like something else. Hmm. Yeah. I guess, um, it feels like if it was on TV, you'd probably, you know, please the sponsors and it'd probably create a, you know, yeah. virtuous cycle of more sponsors. Cause they'd get more, you know, notoriety and, and stuff. Huh? Yeah. Been on ESPN a couple of times, ESPN three. 
Which is, that's like a running joke in our house for the last 15 years. The Ocho. What did you see on the Ocho? Well, I saw, you know, stand-up paddle boarding, you know, fights or something. Like, yeah. Yeah, I forgot there was an ESPN3 that used to, I used to watch it on an Xbox. It was like free. Like, here's weird, here's weird sports we never show all the time. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, so we've been on that. Um, but we, we have a YouTube channel. Rosie Rollers has a YouTube channel. Um, and we try and stream all of our bouts live, um, if we can. Oh, and so that's another thing that money goes towards is paying the, all the production to video it. And yeah. Is there like a YouTube star that does roller derby or anything? Like you kind of, I'm trying to think, I know that blaze streaming did a lot of the Rose city rollers, um, streaming, but I think it's just, uh, the women's flat track derby association does have a TV channel. It's, um, WFTDA TV dot TV. So, um, and they usually have like, a different, they do live as well as, um, they have archives of games. Hmm. So, uh, like, I think it was it last year that you, uh, retired. Yeah. And was it due to injuries? Yeah, it was. It was not my finest year. I tried to play even though I was hurt. What was Uh, the injury? I have, I still have it actually. It's a herniated disc in my neck. Oh God. Yeah. So it was really challenging because I was a jammer. So I I would like any like crazy hit would like cause me to kind of lose feeling in my left side of my body. Wow. Uh, so, but I kept trying to play. <laughs> oh. So last year was not a good year for me, but the year before I was, I was pretty, it was a fun time. I really like, it was hard cause I really loved my team and like, I still love them. They're wonderful women. Um, but yeah, it's hard to like, accept like you can't do this anymore. <laughs> so what's the, uh, like, future plan are you just like waiting for swelling to go down or do you need to like a fuse two vertebrae together someday (laughs) yeah i mean that's what my doctor she thinks uh based on how far gone it is like that i need to fuse the discs together but I'm like, I worked with, we have a trainer, um, that volunteers his time. And I worked with him all last year to get the pain in control. And, um, so I'm like pain free. And so as long as I'm pain free, I'm going to try and just like live my life. Yeah. So just I, no impact sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm the, I've been all last, all the season for 2017 I, or 18, I guess it's 2018 now. Um, I was their cheerleader. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you do with the team these days? So cheerleading. I cheerlead for them. I love it. Is there anything else you'd hope to do with them? Like, do you want to be a ref someday or like manage them? I would love to coach them. It's just a lot of time. It's so much time. Like when I was on travel team, sometimes we were skating for like 30 hours a week, like to stay fit and be trained, um, to be at that level. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot of time. And so right now I'm just like, it's fun to be their cheerleader. Cause I just have to go to the games. But if I was going to be their coach, I would feel like I need to go to practices and like, you know, be all a part of them. But I do fantasize about coaching them. <laughs> Once, uh, your son is off to college, you'd have yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the juniors the juniors are the sweetest angels it would be really fun to work with them too 
Um, those are the same pressures on like cycling people. Like ten to twenty hours a week is bare minimum to even like compete in anything. It's always twenty to thirty to forty hours, and people always have day jobs, and that's like so impossible. It's so hard. Yeah, and it's crazy because like in roller derby, if you don't stay fit, you are. That's what causes a lot of the injuries. Is like going from your like taking a too big of an off season and then like just jumping right back into it because you're, I mean, it's like your body builds up a tolerance to, you know, and knows how to respond to being beaten a lot, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like you'd lose your endurance immediately. So you couldn't keep up with people. And then like when you're tired, you make mistakes and you always get hurt. Like the end of the day is the worst time in any sport. Like, you know, the last 10 minutes of any sport you can think of is the worst time because that's when people get injured. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be, yeah, that would just cascade really badly, really quickly. Dang. So, so um, let me see. Uh, before we go, uh, we should probably promote Land Gallery a little bit. Uh, right now, you're still doing the Lebowski show, right? Yes, it's the um, Lebowski Land. It'll be open until July 22nd. Sweet. And then what comes after that? Um, we have a really amazing show. We're working with Allison Cole and her show is called lost together. Um, she's a, a really amazing illustrator from Providence, Rhode Island. Sweet. All right. Um, thanks for uh, taking all the time today, uh, Amber. And, uh, thanks for uh, teaching me and everybody about, um, roller derby. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for asking me. I love talking about roller derby. <laughs> for the show is Samaritan by The Long Winters on the album Putting the Days to Bed and that's courtesy of Farsuk Records and John Roderick. This show is sponsored by Fireside.fm, the best and easiest podcast host I've ever used. If you host a podcast, definitely check it out at Fireside.fm. Thanks.